0: How's it going everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Weekend Variety Show for Saturday, November the 13th. Hello my friends, hope you're having an extraordinary weekend. And today I am going to tell you about my recent experiences playing Forza Horizon 5. You might recall that this game has launched recently and is performing extraordinarily well in the critical sphere as well as the sales sphere. And I think it's for good reason. It's a very good game. And it's a very interesting game to me because I'm not really much of a racing game guy in general. I've had some history with racing games. Uh, I've enjoyed Trackmania in the past, and I really liked the arcade racing games like Burnout. But the thing is, I'm not really into cars at all. I couldn't name any of them off the top of my head, really. I couldn't tell you a single thing about the racing industry. And yet when I play Forza Horizon, I'm consistently entertained. And so I've been trying to figure out what is it exactly about this game that really clicks for me. And I think there's a few things. Uh, One of them is the fact that the environment and the open world is just absolutely gorgeous. There have definitely been times where I was kind of bored just driving around trying to get to my next destination, because I still haven't unlocked fast travel. But it was always offset by the fact that if I just kind of looked around a little bit, I had a gorgeous view and the view was always changing. They have so many different areas that look so distinct from one another that even driving just a little bit down the road, you're going to see something new. Another thing I really like about the game is that it's kind of a mix of whatever you want it to be. If you're really into racing, you can do the racing stuff, and you can get really hardcore into the racing. You can fine-tune your vehicle in in so many different ways, and you can bump up the difficulty super high to be as realistic as possible, and you'll have a, a, a pure racing experience. But for plebs like me there's also a ton of stuff in there to help you out so that you can at least remain competitive and even when the game locks you into the higher difficulty stuff just to make sure that everybody is on the same playing field you can actually do stuff like download the fine tuning that other people have made so the true experts can just go hey here download this thing this will make your car super optimized for this race and that's perfect for me you know i don't i don't really care about all the specific details but I also don't want to be super far behind because I don't know those details. It's not just in the racing, though. You also get a nice mixture in terms of exploration versus stunts versus, of course, racing, drifting, jumping off of a ramp as fast as you can and going as far far as you can. They have these little campaign missions that you can play that have kind of unique storylines about a specific car or something like that. That's all very interesting to me. And the fact that I can get a little taste of all of that. It's highly entertaining to me. If I was stuck doing just one of those things, I probably would have dropped off the game by now. However, the last thing I want to talk about here, and it's it's super important, is that I have fallen victim, to use a crude term, to the monetization or the retention scheme that they use. So a few months ago, I talked about a game where I got sucked into a gotcha for the first time on my phone. It was a mobile game called Arknights, a tower defense game. And it was the first time I had ever been like really sucked into a gacha, which is this basically loot box plus. Now, with Forza Horizon, it's a little better than a loot box, but they have this season pass where they want you to complete certain challenges within a certain time frame. And if you get all the points, you'll unlock a really cool car. Oh, my friends, I've been spending most of my time just trying to knock out those challenges. And this kind of plays into what I was saying before, but these challenges are very unique from one another. And... They force you to try different types of cars, and they put you into different kinds of situations, and so it feels like I'm always doing something different, and the game is helping me do that, I don't have to do it on my own. The game also has a pretty extensive car collection mechanic, so you want to try and collect all of the cars from the different manufacturers that are out there, and that's also a scratch that I really want to itch when I see that page come up. They know exactly what they're doing, and it's totally working, so uh, anyway. I think, again, those aren't super problematic because I don't, I don't think they're predatory. I'm sure you can spend real money to advance those things, but I'm never going to do that. To me, they are there to make me enjoy the game more. So there you go. That's my thoughts on Forza. Uh, I'm probably not going to like stick with it forever, right? Like I said, racing is not necessarily my thing. And once I've seen the bulk of what this game has to offer, I don't imagine there's much that'll keep me around. But I think it's an amazing game. It's amazing to me that I basically got this for free through the Game Pass. Obviously, that's not completely true, but essentially. And, uh, yeah, definitely check it out if you're interested in something like that. My friends, I am out of time for today. If you have any thoughts yourself on Forza Horizon, I would love to hear it. Uh, In fact, some people have already shared their thoughts in the Discord. Shout out to you folks. And I'm going to be back tomorrow with another variety show, as always. So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Oh man, it's the TGO After Show. Welcome, welcome. Today's episode, courtesy of me playing like five hours straight of Forza Horizon 5. Oh man, it's a good game. It's a good game. There was actually one race in particular which really got to me. I forget which one it is, but basically the the, the campaign has a series of different tracks you can do. I shouldn't say tracks, different um paths that you can go down narratively. And at the end of each path, there's this really big race and they have names like the Goliath or the Colosseum. And I, I don't remember which one I did, but basically I did one of them that took you around the entire perimeter of the map. It was the longest race in the, in the game. Took, took me literally 11 minutes to, to go through all of it with the fastest car that I had. And that really secured to me like how much I love the visuals of that game. It really shows you how much work they put into all of it and how big the map is. They really landed on something. I don't know. This isn't going to be my game of the year because Super Auto Pets exists, but it's going to be pretty high up there for 2021, for sure. I'm excited to do the game of the year lists. That's going to be something. Anyway, what else we got going on here? Uh, I don't know. You know, not much going on here. I can give you a house sitting update if you want. It's kind of annoying because we've applied to a lot of places, at least 10 at this point, and we've heard responses from maybe 4 of them, and 2 of them we had video interviews for. We're currently waiting on wa- on the response to one of those video interviews. The other one we got declined, but that's okay. To be honest, we're we we have high competition. We're going in there with no reviews against people who have a lot of reviews, and so the chances that we're going to get picked are unfortunately pretty low. But we're trying anyway. Uh, from what I understand, the usual tactic is that you will do some short term sits, like a week or two weeks, in your local area before you leave to get the reviews up. And then, you know, people who have like month plus long sits will be able to see that you have reviews. And unfortunately, like we would love to do that, but nobody in our area is posting listings (laughs) at all. And so we just have to, uh, we just have to go for it. We have to shoot for the moon. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. We'll figure something else out. And maybe we can build up our reviews in a different part of the world and then can do house sitting again later. But Anyway, so the the biggest pet peeve right now is that you reply to things, and you can see that they've, or sorry, apply to things, and then you can see that they've read the application, but then they don't reply to you. Oh, it's the worst. There was one place that we applied to in late October, and we didn't hear anything for like two weeks. And then out of nowhere, they like accepted our application, and they're like, hey, we would love for you to come take care of our house. And I mean, we weren't particularly huge on this place it was like a two-week stay and we just kind of applied for it for it because we could and they didn't even want to do a video interview they just like just said yes come and so our running theory is that they were like waiting for somebody else to apply after they read our thing and then nobody else applied and so they were like okay i guess we have to go with these guys (laughs) and it's like if they had at least in the beginning been like hey we got your application thank you so much We're just going to wait on on seeing what other people, you know, are going to apply with just so we have options available. We'll get back to you at some point. Great. Fantastic. We would have loved that. But the fact that they read our review like three weeks ago and then they were like, nah, but then nobody else came around. So they decided to take us. That's and they don't want to do a video interview. I don't know. That's that's some red flags to me. So we're probably going to turn down the acceptance, unfortunately. And then there's two great places that I applied to today, a couple of places I applied to a couple of days ago, and just nobody's responding, man. It's, it's so annoying. I, I hate this. <laughs> I have to just kind of throw it out there and then forget that it ever exists until somebody responds to me. Oh, well, it is what it is. That's the, you know, it's the same with the job interviews, right? You remember the job hunting? Or maybe some of you are in the process of job hunting. You send out application, 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 and you never hear back. It just goes into the void. And you spend like an hour making your cover letter perfect for the role. And you study all of the keywords that they use and every, you know, put it in your resume, change the resume up, whatever. And then, and then you just never hear back. God, I always promised myself that if I ever run a business, even if I get 200 applications to my, to my employee posting, I would respond to them all saying, sorry, I can't accept you today because that's just the considerate thing to do. I mean, it's an email. It's an email. It doesn't even take that long. It takes two seconds just copy and paste. Oh gosh. Anyway, sorry. For some for some employees, I get it. Like, well, I don't know, maybe I don't. I was going to say if you're like a major corporation, like you do like insurance or something, and everybody's applying for your job or for your job posting, I mean, and you get like literally thousands of applications, then I'm like, okay, maybe you can't respond to everybody there. But if you're big enough that you're getting thousands of applications, shouldn't you have like an automated system that is like accept this person, decline every other person? And then everybody who's declined gets an automated message. Like, you should have something like that. Anyway, sorry, that's enough for me. I won't rant anymore, especially because I'm out of time. Hey, have a great weekend, okay? And we'll chat soon. Ciao.